we're talking about uh, something uh, called temptation. We all have temptations in our lives. Uh, we have even, I would even say, our favorite temptations. And in fact, we have, some of you may have seen this on Facebook, but we're going to set up uh, this with a quick little video about temptation. I'm your biggest temptation. You're so excited spring is here because you can't wait to stare at me in my short shorts. I may look soft and cute, but I can cut your life into pieces overnight. Then what will you do, big boy? Oh yeah, and that measly little once a week prayer you say over lunch, it's not gonna help you very much. So listen up and be better prepared for mayhem, like me. Now, Jackson is our student pastor. And I, I told Jackson, Jackson, I need you to do a video. He says, sure. Here's what I need you to do. Here's a script for the video. He goes, all right, that'll work. You know, you could pretty much make student pastors do anything you want. I'm convinced of that. You know, Jackson did a great job. Obviously, we didn't want to get a, a you know, a, a, a real, like, female in that role and kind of, you know, make, actually cause people to tempt here in the service, be, temp be tempted for that. And if you're tempted, if you're a guy, if you're tempted for that, you need to really uh, talk to me after church. <laughs> so, temptations, we all have them. I mean, we just talked about one. I mean, springtime, you start to see people running on the sidewalks and along the road, you know, and, and as a guy, you know, you're driving down the road and you see that and you're like, okay, I can't, I can't be looking at that. I got to be looking at the road and I got to be looking at, you know, at where I'm supposed to be going. And more importantly, I shouldn't be looking at because it doesn't honor God. And, and that's just one temptation. There are many temptations in our lives. The temptations, the temptations of, of, of certain foods if you're on a diet. The temptation of watching certain things that you shouldn't be watching. The temptation of talking about others uh, when you know you shouldn't be talking about them. The, the temptation to take something that is not yours. We can go on and on and on and talk all about uh, temptation but here's something that's different about this mayhem than the other two mayhems we've discussed so far. Remember, we talked about the mayhem of fear and the mayhem of the perfect storm. You know, those, those sort of appear and, the, and they happen, but the, the mayhem of temptations, we almost leave the door unlocked for that mayhem, don't we? Don't we sort of leave the back door unlocked a little bit sometime. We, we almost are like, oh, the mayhem of temptation, you know? Whereas the other two mayhems, we're like, okay, get this out of here. You know, lock every door. You know, I want everything secure. But sometimes temptations, we're like, oh, yeah, Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh, yeah, temptation. So... This mayhem is more dangerous because sometimes we allow it into our lives. Well, there's a story in the Bible, well, there's lots of stories in the Bible about, about temptation, but there's one in particular we're going to visit with today. We're going to be in uh, Joshua 
chapter 6. If you have your copy of God's Word, uh, Joshua chapter 6. It's uh, like the sixth book in the Bible uh, there in the Old Testament. And uh, if you don't have your copy of God's Word, you can go to the YouVersion Bible app, and we have those there. And while you're on that YouVersion Bible app, go ahead and sign up for... Uh, you can't do anything else. I'm asking you not to do anything else on your phone uh, except for sign up for Pray Bartow. So PrayBartow.com, sign up for a time to read through the Bible. That starts tonight. We'll give you some more information. But that app uh, has all of our scriptures, and we have them on the screen as well. But when, when I was first preparing for this message, um, talking through and praying through but where I'm going with this, I was really thinking about using another story um, in God's word other than the one I'm, I'm going to be reading here in just a moment. And, but it's when I came across this passage in, in Joshua, and basically what I was doing is I was just reading through the Bible, something that I really try to do every year. I try to start with the beginning and go through the Bible um, as quickly as I can, just try to read about five chapters um, a day or a few days a week. And so that way I can kind of piece it all together. I would encourage you uh, to do something like that as well. But I was, I'm in Joshua this past week in Joshua chapter uh, 6 and, and Joshua chapter 7. And I came across this story that I've read before, but it's one that I'm like, you know what? This is what God has for us. So this story, it's fresh. Uh, God shared it with me just this week, and uh, I think we should visit it. But it's a story about Achan. A man named Achan. Achan was an Israelite, and he was actually a soldier in the Israelite army. And so uh, the, the children of Israel, they've gone through the desert for 40 years. Uh, then they've gone on to the promised land. Moses had, has died. Joshua has taken uh, command lead of the army and of the Israelites. And so he's in charge. They go into um, the, um, uh, the promised land. And then the first city they come through is the, the Jericho. And so you probably have heard the story of the walls of Jericho coming down and how they did it in such a way that uh, was really interesting. They walked around the walls uh, once a day uh, for, for several days. And then the last day, they walked around seven times. They shouted. They blew the trumpets. Walls came crumbling down. They came in and attacked the city. And that was it. But there's something that was interesting about this story that God made sure that people understood. God gave them specific instructions that we find in uh, Joshua chapter 6, verses 18 and 19. Joshua chapter 6, verse 18 and 19. So this is, this is the words that God gave Joshua to tell everybody. It says this, but keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring them, not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel um, liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. And so, God is saying, look, everybody, it just the way God does, does things, you don't question God, but God's like, every, everything in the city is going to die. That is my command. But the gold and the silver, you cannot keep for yourself. You are to put it in the treasury of God. 
You know, it's interesting. God allowed that treasure to, to be brought, in, uh, to brought into uh, to his house, meaning to do his work. And after that, the other cities, God allowed them to keep some of that for himself. So it's really interesting. The first city he came to, they came to, he said, the first of the gold and silver of all the cities you're going to conquer, I want that. And so God is saying the first fruits, I want that. And, um, and it's interesting that God would say that. In fact, we're going to visit how that, what that looks like in our finances next week. You don't want to miss it. I think it's going to be a great message. But the Lord gave a specific instruction. The gold and silver, put it in my house. Put it for use of what I want to do. You cannot keep it. And so Achan, he was tempted to, to take away some silver and gold for himself. Achan was tempted. He saw that silver and that gold, and he decided to keep some of that for himself, and he was tempted. And he allowed that temptation just to, uh, just to be there, and he took those devoted things. Now, so here's what happens next. The Israelites, I mean, they're pumped. They're excited. The walls of Jericho came down. They, they, they won the battle. God really defeated them. Uh, but they finished it off, and they took all the gold and silver, and they put it in a special place. He said, this is for the house of God. Maybe one day we'll, we'll build a house, a temple, and it could be used for that. And so they were on their way to the next city. Now, this city is, is a really smaller city. This city is called Ai, A-I, Ai, <laughs> like a pirate. And so this city uh, was much smaller than Jericho. And this city uh, probably didn't have the fortified walls that Jericho had. And so Joshua t- uh, told a few spies, go to this city, this smaller city, and scope it out and let us know what, wh- how, to, how we're going to defeat these guys. And so Joshua sent a few spies out. They came back and they said, okay, Joshua, this city... We could defeat these guys with about 2,000, maybe 3,000 people. So they took about 3,000 people, Israelite soldiers, and they went to the city, and they were defeated. They had about 36 men from the Israelite army that died at the swords of these people from the city of Ai. And they ran back home, the entire army ran back home, and they um, retreated. And so Joshua was very upset. Joshua fell on his, on his face. He cried out to the Lord. He weeped to the Lord. He said, God, wh- what is this? I mean, this is awful. This is awful because not only is this, um, is this a blow for our army, but Everybody, all the other cities around us, they're going to see that we just lost to this measly little city. And so now everybody else, the other cities, they're going to be strengthened by that news. What are we going to do? What is wrong? Please give me an answer. And so God gives Joshua an answer, and we find it in Joshua chapter 7. Joshua chapter 7, verse 10. We're going to be in 10 through 13. It says this, the Lord said to Joshua, stand up. What are you doing down on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen. 
They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They turn their backs and run because they have been made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore. That is huge. We're going to come back to that later. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. Go, consecrate the people. Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There are devoted things among you, Israel. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove them. So God is saying, there's no way you're going to be able to stand against your enemies. And so through drawing of straws, through Lot, they started with the Israelite, the whole nation, by tribe by tribe, a tribe was selected, a, a family uh, was selected, and finally man by man until finally Achan was the one holding the short end of the stick, the short straw. And Joshua had to do something that he didn't like doing, but God told him to take care of this. And so we're gonna read right here in, in uh, Joshua chapter seven, verse 19 through 21. Let's see how all this goes down. Then Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and honor him. Tell me what you have done. Do not hide it from me. Verse 20, Achan replied, it is true. I've sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I've done. When I saw in the plunder a beautiful robe from Babylonia, 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing about 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them. They are hiding in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. And the Bible goes on to say that Joshua, uh, Joshua told some men to go to Achan's tent. There, <clears throat> they found buried, hidden in the ground, all of those articles. The gold, the silver, that special robe. And Joshua took his whole family, all of his livestock, took him outside of the camp of Israel. He was stoned, his entire family, and they were burned. It's pretty big time. God says, we will not have this kind of destruction. We, we will not allow this. You cannot face your enemies. There's bigger armies out there. So you, you think Jericho was big. Wait till you see some more, the giants that you haven't even faced yet. There's no way you're going to be able to face them if the Israelites, if you are disobeying, if you're taking what is not yours, if you're coveting something that is not yours. So what kind of lessons can we learn from this? Well, first of all, we all face temptations. When do they come? Well, they come at many times. But can I tell you something? 
the time that you may not realize that they come, and I believe that temptations come stronger after something special that happens in your life. And here's what happens. When you celebrate a victory in your life, boom, temptations come, and they come with a vengeance. They come with a vengeance. When you're celebrating a victory, they come with a vengeance. When you're, when you're celebrating, let's say if you're on a, on a sports team, and you're celebrating a victory with your team, and maybe you, you won the, the region championship, that's when things such as temptations start coming in. We start thinking, oh, well, we won that game because that play that I made. Yeah, if, if I wasn't on the field at that time, we would have not have won that game. If, if I wasn't involved in that, so on and so forth, we start thinking those things and temptation comes in and it, and it robs us and it robs us of the joy. You know, it's funny, after, after you, you experience a weight loss, let's say if you go on a diet or sort of change your lifestyle and you drop some pounds and then you go into work and what do you find? Two boxes of Krispy Kreme donuts and they're hot and the smell just fills the room. I walked into a Krispy Kreme last week and I walked in and just as soon as I opened the door, the smell of heaven filled my lungs. I really believe heaven's going to smell like Krispy Kreme. I just know that. So when, when, when things go good, when we're celebrating victories, that's when the enemy comes in. It, it even happens in church. When we celebrate victories, even here at Lake Point Church, of things that God is doing, that's when the enemy starts creeping into the minds of people. Oh, what are they saying? What could they be thinking? Oh, well, they are not talking to me. Or they haven't liked my Facebook post. <gasps> the enemy comes in temptations and steals away the joy that he wants you to have because of the victories in your life. Because of the victories in your life. You go to a marriage conference. Marriage is looking good. It had some rough times, but it's looking better. It's never been better before. And then that new person gets hired at your job, and there's an attraction, temptation. It happens right after great victories. Another thing about temptations, and we see that. They just won the Battle of Jericho. Temptations. Temptations. We also see that temptations cause, cause, they cause embarrassments. They cause major embarrassments uh, in, in our lives. You know, Achan, he, he's pretty embarrassed. Uh, not only that, he ended up dying because of it. But he was really, really embarrassed. And it happens in our lives as well. Even just, just this week, we had something that happened in our family where Two of our boys were tempted to do something, and it caused a major embarrassment. We had someone knock on our door this week, and it was somebody from the Homeowners Association. And they were showing me this iPad. 
And on this iPad, there was some, there was some pictures. And, and on the pictures, there were, there were pictures from video footage of two of our boys, Logan and Lawson, inside the pool fence. What's interesting about that is that the pool is not open right now for the summer. And the pool, in fact, it's even covered with a big black tarp. And the homeowners association said, do you know these boys? Said, yeah, I used to know those boys. <laughs> of course, they, they came to us and told, told us what was going on. Of course, what I wanted to do is I wanted to to uh, strike a deal with the local police officer and say, look, I'm going to send you some pictures. You put them on your phone, come to our house and arrest these boys and bring them to the city uh, hall because I want to teach these boys a lesson. I came that close, but I was afraid it was going to scar them for life. But here's how it went down. Logan and Lawson went to the pool Area. They were riding their bikes, and there were a couple of other boys there that were older, and they were kind of hanging around, and they tempted Logan Lawson, and they said, hey, I dare you to walk across that pool, across that tarp. So they kept daring them and daring them, and one of the boys went over, and the other boys went over. In fact, we have video footage of, of boys sitting on the edge of the pool, on the edge of the tarp, wondering, I wonder if this can hold me. And so they were tempted to a point to where they did something they know they should not have been doing. You know, sometimes I get permission, to, I have to get permission to share kids' stories with the church. Sometimes I have to go up to Madison or, or Landon or say, hey, can I share this story? Yeah, I didn't get permission on this story. Yeah, we're, we're, we're rolling with it. <laughs> but, but here's the deal. It was a big embarrassment for them. They were majorly embarrassed. But here's the more importantly. It could have caused a major problem in their life. It could have, now I've never been on one of those tarps. I don't know how much it holds, I have no idea. But you can just play out the scenario in your mind of what could happen. And so temptations will cause embarrassments in our lives, but obviously it can cause major things as well. It cost Achan his life, his whole family his life. Temptations can also take the place of God. It could take the place of God. God said, back in verse 12, God says, I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. Devoted to destruction. When we allow temptations to come around, when we leave the back door open to temptations, and we allow those temptations to be developed in our minds and ultimately into our hearts and then into our, our actions, we replace God with those temptations that have now led to actions. Because God has made it clear, I will not be with you anymore unless you 
destroy those. Now, it is true that God, God will never leave us or forsake us, meaning there are, there are there are many places in Scripture where God says, I will always be God. I will always sit on my throne. I will always be in charge. But there are sometimes God says, you know what? I'm going to back away for a little bit because obviously you don't need me because you're relying on this. You're relying on this. Let me know how that works out for you. Temptations can replace God. When, when you are when you have times or seasons in your life when it feels like God is he's just not there. It's just like, God, are, are, are you there? Are you with me? I, I'm not sure if I feel your peace in my life. I'm not sure if I, I hear your voice, your still small voice speaking in my heart. I don't feel like I'm walking with you, God. Maybe you need to check to make sure there's There aren't temptations you have allowed to develop in your life that you need to walk away from, you need to destroy. You know, Logan and Lawson, they they could have walked away from that. Sometimes we just need to walk away. Sometimes we just need to walk away from that before it gets to the point to where it controls us. But temptations can take the place of God. And then temptations, and this is our last major point, temptations can cause damage to those you love. Developed temptations can cause destructive implications. Developed temptations can cause destructive implications. I think that's tweetable. (laughs) Developed temptations can cause destructive implications implications. We see that in the story. 36 soldiers died in that army whenever they went to go attack that little city. 36 soldiers. Now, why did they die? Achan. Achan's sin caused that. Why? God says, there's sin in the camp. There's sin among you. I've got to step away. You're on your own. And so 36 families were affected because of one person's sin. Do you think temptations that we allow to linger, that we allow the, the back door open, and we allow them to develop in our lives, do you think it can have effects on other people? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, let's bring this closer to home. Let's bring this closer to home because Achan... His sin and his temptation and his obedience to that temptation destroyed not only his life, but the life of his entire family, his wife, his sons, his daughters. I believe this story is in God's word because of this. God is saying, okay, if you're going to allow temptations to come in, you keep the back door open, you, you allow those to be developed in your life, it's going to affect people around you. It's going to start off here, and guess what? It's going to get closer and closer and closer to home to where it's affecting those you love the most. Those you love the most. Stop before It's too late. Stop 
before it affects someone that you really love. Stop looking to those things that you shouldn't be looking at before it affects your marriage. Stop thinking that there are people around you who are closing in around you, maybe talking about you, all that stuff. Stop thinking, stop allowing those thoughts to get into your head before it affects those people that you love, those, those close friends that have been friends for a while, those great relationships. I know we have a lot of single people here. Whether, you know, it could affect those people that you are surrounded by, those people that you love, those relationships that you treasure. Stop allowing temptations to come into you because it's going to affect those. So how do we, as we close this out, how do we handle temptation? How do we handle temptation? You know, it's so easy to say, you know what, I got this. I got this, I can do this. Yet my boss is sending us, sending me away on a, on a, on a business trip with another coworker of the opposite gender, I can handle this. I can handle this. Yeah, uh, I know God has provided all that I need, but I want a little bit more because these friends of mine have this, this, and this, and that, and those, and several, and I want just a little bit more. So you'll be tempted to live above your means, and so it's gonna have effects on your life. And you may say, well, we can, we can handle this for right now. We can handle it. Let me tell you, as, as, a, as a person who's just a normal person like you, there's nothing special about me. I'm just a believer who I'm just trying to walk in the fear of God, trying to raise my family and love my beautiful wife. That's what I'm trying to do. And so, but as someone who lives this life, just like you live this life, you are not going to be able to handle it. So how do you handle temptation? You don't. You don't. You don't handle it at all. You don't touch it. You don't be around it. And so how do you know when you're handling temptation? Well, we saw in the story of Achan. He knew it was wrong. He took that robe. He took that bar of gold, that silver. He took those things, and he was handling them. And then he took them, and what did he, what did he do? He hid them in the ground, buried them in the bottom of his tent. So how do you know when you're handling temptation? You hide it. You hide it. If you have to hide it, then you shouldn't be handling it. If you have to hide it, then you shouldn't be handling it. You know that you're handling it when you have to hide it. So if there's things hidden in your life, hidden in your heart, those things you just don't want people to see, or maybe you're doing things, maybe 
Maybe temptation is, has crept in. You've left the back door open in your heart, and it's come in, and it's coming to your mind and your heart, and it's taking full control, and it's actually creating actions that you're actually doing in secret. Then you're handling temptation. You're handling it. You're touching it. You're feeling it. You're smelling it. It's a part of you. There are some temptations that get to a certain point that it's going to be very difficult for you to get rid of that on your own. And so you might need to confess that not only to God, but you need to probably confess that to somebody else. Go to somebody and say, I can't do this on my own. If you want someone who will be very, very careful with what you have to say, there's, there's people I can send you to. You can come to me. But you can't handle that on your own. And it's causing issues in your life. And it's even causing issues in your physical life. So, if you have to hide it, that means you're already handling it. Temptation in our life. So, what is the hope? How do we find the hope of this? In um, James chapter 4 verse 7 and 8, it says this. So here's, here's what you do. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. God is saying, submit to me. Spend time with me. You have replaced me. God could be saying in your life, you have replaced me with things in your life that shouldn't be there. Submit to me. Begin to replace that with me. Draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. Resist the devil. He didn't say rebuke the devil. There's a lot of people saying, well, rebuke that devil, rebuke that devil. You could stand there and rebuke that devil as much as you want, but if you don't resist him, you're never going to win in this war of temptation. Resist means you walk away. You resist them. You ignore. You ignore the temptation. If you can't do it on your own, get a friend to help you ignore the temptation. Get a friend to help you to ignore that temptation. So resist the devil and he will what? He will flee from you. He will flee from you. So this mayhem of temptation it's pretty serious because it can have effects on lots of people, not just ourselves. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm gonna just going to say a, just a, a quick word of prayer. And I want us to pray together, and I want to sp spend some time together in prayer. And if you need to just kind of take this to the next step, the next level, I'm going to be in the lobby here. And if you just say, Frank, we need to, we need to talk or call me this week or that sort of deal, here's my number or whatever. Let's do this. If you've got to talk to somebody, don't try to do this on your own. Every head bow, every eye closed, please. I feel like God wants to do a work here. We're only doing this. We've got some announcements and we're done. So we're going to be leaving here in just a few moments, but I want us to be very sensitive to the Holy Spirit in this place. I want to be sensitive to what God wants to do. 
Now, if you're sitting here and you're thinking, Frank, you spoke right to me. And I've just really got some temptations in my life that I've allowed to come in through the back door. It's time for me to lock that door. I just need some help with that. And I need God to come into my life. Know this, God is not here to condemn you. Jesus didn't come to condemn you. He wants you to come to him, draw near to him. And so we're gonna say a prayer. You can pray it out loud or you can pray it in your heart, it doesn't matter. But you just repeat after, after me. You say a prayer, something like this. Say, dear God, I confess to you that I've allowed temptations to come into my life. I am very tired of fighting these temptations on my own. Please come into my life and replace these temptations with your grace. Help me, dear Lord, to trust in you. Help me, dear Lord, to draw near to you. Give me strength, O oh God, to resist the devil. <laughs>